This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday debit card purchases with no fees, period. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey everyone, you're listening to Code Switch. I'm B.A. Parker. And I'm Gene Dumby. Okay, Gene. February is Black History Month. It is. It's also Valentine's Day. It is. So, it's a time of year when a lot of people have love on the brain. Shout out to Rihanna. <laughs> so, I've got to ask, are you a romantic? I mean, are all cynics and skeptics just really wounded romantic? So, I mean, if that's your definition of romantic, then I would say I'm a romantic. Uh, what about you, Parker? Are you romantic? I mean, maybe. It, de- it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. But as you know, our guest today is an unabashed romantic. That she is. Um, her name is Nicole Hill, and... I am a storyteller. Nicole tells stories about everyday, regular, regular black and brown folks who are looking for belonging, people trying to make sense of their places in the world. She does that on her show, The Secret Adventures of Black People, and most recently, she did that for Tracy Ellis Ross's series, I Am America. And Nicole loves love. I grew up in a family of women who love Pride and Prejudice. We love, like, old black and white movies from the 30s, from the 40s, from the 50s. I love it. She said, come Christmas time. It's Hallmark movies, period. I want to see all the Christmas tree farmers get all the big city women to leave their high-pressure job and come help them raise their child. I don't care. I'm a feminist. I know it's backwards. It doesn't matter to me. But as much as she loved those movies, she noticed that there were hardly ever any black folks in them. So at a certain point, she started looking forward to stinkly black love stories. And what she found was a treasure trove. Thousands upon thousands of these archival black newspapers and they were filled with personal ads from black people trying to find love. And those papers went all the way back to the 1890s. And Nicole very graciously agreed to share with us some of what she learned from reading hundreds and hundreds of articles from these old newspapers about what black love looked like in the past and what that can teach us about how we should understand our present. And she got into all of that by asking us a very intriguing question. What's the oldest love story you know? I mean, the oldest love story I know is my, probably my grandparents, because mm. they, I can think of the 1930s in North Carolina, they met as teenagers in a potato field. So, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> romantic. Sultry. Really <laughs> hot. It's probably literally sultry. Sweaty, it's they're tired. tired. It's probably very hot and humid. I yeah. just imagine them both with like, a big sax and just putting potatoes in them and then looking at each other from across the field. Mm. Their eyes meet. Who? Which grandparent do you think made the first move? Oh, my grandpa for sure. Do you say, think he said something about her, like her bushel or something like that? Like, damn, ma. You know, <laughs> 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 I'm, sorry, I'm not appointing her. You say ma'am. Miss. Yeah, say ma'am. I noticed you got this burlap sack full of... All the choices, spuds. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is, it's like hearing my Grandpa Roy right now. <laughs> Wait, Gene, what's yours? So the most important formative love story for me involves fictional Hillman University. Or was it Hillman, Hillman College? College. Right? Yeah, I'm talking about a different world, y'all. I'm talking about a different world. Dwayne Wayne and Whitley Gilbert having this on-again, off-again thing. And so Whitley Gilbert's supposed to marry this dude who's running for Senate. Um, his name is Byron. Get to the Morton. point! 
<laughs> anyway, they're getting married. It's this really dramatic wedding. Um, and Dwayne interrupts the wedding. And he's like, baby, please. Papora, baby, please. Please. I do. Please, baby, please, baby, please. Please, baby, please. He breaks up their wedding. They run off together. I guess the idea is they're supposed to live happy ever after. But obviously that's ridiculous now as a grown-up. As a grown-up who has done some healing... No, but <laughs> as a but as a as a ten or eleven year old, yes, yes, absolutely. So two very different kinds of love stories. <laughs> but Nicole, you've been reading about hundreds of different kinds of love stories in your research, going through old black newspapers. Can you talk about some of what you've learned? So one of my favorite papers that I found is the Washington Afro-American, which is a subsidiary of the Baltimore Afro-American, which still exists today. Yes, it does. What I really love about it is, of course, they're covering all the national and international news headlines, all the important things. But the thing that's unique about them is, you know, all the black papers around the country, primarily the Chicago Defender and the Pittsburgh Courier, are really focused on the fight, on helping black people to gain their independence, to organize politically and socially and fight for justice. But people are people. And so, you know, sometimes to get people to drink their medicine, you want to give them a little bit of sugar. And so what the papers would do is they would publish gossip, they would (laughs) publish love poems, they would publish little things that the public might like, you know, when they're tired of reading about the struggle. Now, papers like The Defender and The Courier were hesitant to do those things. The Washington Afro-American loved it. They were like, let's go. Give us all the drama. Give us all the gossip. We will run this right after we do, you know, your important stuff and go vote, do all of that, but then also flip to the back pages and find out who's getting divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Come for the... The drama and the solution is to all the tea and stay for the breakdown of the new deal. (laughs) 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 Essentially, these newspapers were like Instagram updates back in the day. And they're talking about love, love, love. We're talking love poems, love scandals, advice on how to find love, advice on how to get out of love, and people searching for it. I need that now. What did a thirst trap look like in the 1930s? I'm curious. Gee! Okay, so this was... No, they had them. They had them. (laughs) Don't even worry about it. They were there. Only ever women, though. Of course. So it's a lot of bathing suit pics. A lot of just women at the beach or beauty contests or just dressed up going to tea. This is how they sold their papers. It's usually women, but then the men were writing a lot of love poems, a lot of kind of sad love poems. Like, baby, please. Like, baby, baby, please, please. Like that. If you're going to give me a sad poem, at least give me, like, a shirtless man and some dungarees or something. Like, let me... Dungarees. My God. Let me enjoy the full measure of a man. Well, this was the (laughs) thirst. This is how they were trying to lay traps for women back in the day. It was a lot of, like, girl, I got a job. The end. You know what? (laughs) You know what? That... Sometimes it still works now. So when I'm reading these papers, what was really interesting to me is, you know, we talk so much about how dating is really hard now. 
our parents give us advice on you should do this. And it's like you don't understand uh-huh. the context in which we're living in. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading these papers and I'm seeing like, you know what? If people in 1937 are talking to their parents, yeah. their parents were the first generation of people to ever be born free in America. Mm-hmm. They're not having a good time. Not everybody. I don't want to paint a broad brush, but so many, the overwhelming majority, are just figuring out how to be free in America. And their love stories are coming during the tail end of this kind of Victorian era. Like, we're going to get together for economics because it's socially acceptable. You know, kind of like a more rigid form of love. Mm -hmm. And then their grandparents were enslaved. And their love stories... They're, I mean, they're hard to even know if they shared them at all. And so what they would have imagined for themselves when it came to love may have been pretty limited. But by 1937, Black people are in the midst of the Great Migration. Mm-hmm. Cities are urbanizing. The 20s have happened. And so there's been this introduction of companionate love. This idea that you shouldn't get married because of some, like, stodgy, religious. I mean, of course, that still exists, but we're introducing this idea of you should find a person who sets your soul on fire, who makes you feel complete and whole, and you should run off with them. You should be with them forever. You should marry for love. A word. This is a new concept. Exactly. I know, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) (laughs) But it's new. And what it means is We're no longer kind of looking over at whoever the next-door neighbor and just considering them. We're maybe moving to a new city and looking out at everybody and wanting to go on dates and see how we feel. Are we vibing? Do I feel connected? Or am I bored? But tell us about the social and political life back then. What was going on? Okay, so it's 1937. That's the year we're going to focus in on. Okay. okay. Life expectancy for men is about 58 years. For women, Yikes. 62. Yeah. Hot dog. So it's like, you got to get in there and do it. You got to live your life right <laughs> now. There's <laughs> not a lot of time. Hey. Absolutely. FDR is the president. Black people have voted in mass for him. And we've actually been voting Democrat for the past 10 years after okay. having left the Republican Party. Or I guess you could say they left us. <laughs> Another way we're breaking from our parents at the time, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Outside of politics, I'm going to tell you about pop culture. I'm going to tell you what people are getting into for fun. Okay. 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 So 1937, there's this new thing that was introduced at the World Fair. It is called television. Hot dog. Okay. People are saying it's going to be huge. The most famous person in America is probably Shirley Temple. Right on. The biggest book, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien that just came out. Wow. Your big pop stars, the top of the charts, Billie Holiday and Duke Ellington. Oh, and taste. Exactly. We're living right. in that time. And there's a really, really popular dance. It's called the Big Apple Dance. White people have stolen it from black <sighs> people. Same as it ever was. <laughs> it's the same. And then if you're living in the cities, you are going out. That is what it is about. It is about hanging out with your friends, hanging out at church, hanging out with colleagues, having fun. It's this idea that you could go to cities in the north that were still segregated but had black communities, you know, like a city like D.C., let's say, which has the highest concentration of black people in the nation. You have Howard University, and Howard University is the capstone of Negro education in America. And so all these people, the doctors and the lawyers and the great thinkers of that day, 
are going to Howard, and then they're settling all around U Street, which they called Black Broadway at that time. Mm. And so you get there, and you're seeing 200 Black-owned shops and businesses. So if you were going out, right, and you're going to whatever they call turning up back in the day, you're going out <laughs> to turn up on U Street, like, what did you need to do to make small talk on a date like that? Hmm. Based on having read these papers, mm-hmm. I will tell you what I would make small talk around. Let's hear it. Let's hear okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Best game. Okay, let's go, Nicole. I would, I would definitely talk about how much I love Duke Ellington, mm-hmm. his new jazz style. Before everybody loved him, I loved him. He is from D.C. I don't want to brag, but I kind of got on before everybody else. You want to do a little bit of that. <laughs> Wow, this was like the mid-2000s. I had on a beanie. I was doing the same thing mm-hmm. at parties, talking to guys. So already you're ready. <laughs> so already you're almost there. <laughs> Do you think people back then were finding it easier to date and to be coupled? Well, Jean, this is the question. It's so up to opinion. Maybe in, in 20 years, people will say, we had it good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to know if the dating landscape was for sure better or worse, in part because people having a genuine interest in Black love and researching it and documenting it and asking people about their experiences is so limited. That is one of the things we've been robbed of is just not just our, our big, dramatic kind of civil rights, our fight for just basic human rights, but also just the everyday things of like, what did it take to find a date? They're harder to find because people didn't document them in right. the way they did for white communities. But people were complaining, and their complaints sound similar <laughs> to our complaints today. Coming up, we're going to put this question to the test. Was black dating better in 1937 than it is today? And we're going to do that by taking a little trip in a time machine and sending Parker on some dates. Now, just know that people say what they want, but everybody, you know, we have to be flexible with our asks. Uh, Stay with us. Support for NPR and the following message come from Indeed. You're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash code switch. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit TeladocHealth.com slash What's Your Why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C Health slash What's Your Why. This message comes from NPR sponsor JLL and their podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. It's gone through some upgrades recently, and it's churning out valuable insights on the industry to help you stay informed. Each week, you'll tap into a global network of commercial real estate professionals and hear about market trends, strategies, and best practices. So broaden your perspective. Subscribe to Trends and Insights, the future of commercial real estate at jll.com slash podcast. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. 
If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. Parker. Jean. Code Switch. And we're back talking to Nicole Hill about what Black love looked like almost a century ago and what that might help us understand about Black love today. I think it would be kind of fun to see if maybe Gene and Parker, or maybe one of you, both of you, I don't know your situation, but to see if you could find somebody that you would maybe write to in 1937 to go on another date with. (laughs) Never never make that sound again, Gene. (laughs) I'm off the market. Um, I am. I am a perpetually single black woman in America, um, who is looking for love in 1937. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would crush it in 1937. I feel like would you? I would do great. Are you kidding me? With my skill sets? Okay. What are your skill sets? I love this attitude. Um, <laughs> yes. I can't cook. I can kind of clean, but I also have a rumba. Can you like sew? <laughs> I can darn like socks and stuff. Um, okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. But like okay. if you need like a dissertation on Titus and Jonicus mm. or um, you want to know about like uh, Vincent Minnelli's film techniques when he made Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm that girl. Mm. And I'm here. And I'm sure there's a nice, um, sensible black man at that time who would love to hear these things while I spend his money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what kind of a man is Parker looking for both today and 1937? Oh, or if yes. they're different. Well, um, present day... Uh, I find, you know, just uh, tall, big dudes who cry a lot and listen to speed metal. Um, (laughs) But if you go back in time, um, like, you know, I would love a nice farmer, just a kind man, um, uh, funny. He he could be taller than me. He doesn't have to be. I know I'm kind of tall. Likes art. Doesn't have to understand it, but at least enjoys it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just like a nice partner. Nice. And you know, there you go. That's all I want. Oh, nice is so nebulous. It's not so much um, to ask, is it? Nice. Um, uh, non misogynistic for that mm. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like adjusted oh, for the time. Adjusted yeah, yeah, yeah. for the time. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna introduce you to the Lonesome Hearts column, which is essentially, these are the apps of 1937. Hot dog. It's on page 18 of your local paper in D.C., the Washington Afro-American. Okay. And the editor is a man named Albertine Ash. Albertine. It sounds like a chemical. (laughs) Aspartine. Vaguely cancerous, vaguely carcinogenic. Okay. So he runs this column. He's been running it for years, and he's got some specific instructions. Okay. I'm just going to read them to you now so you understand. All right. Are you a lonesome heart? If so, you are invited to read and use this column. 
The signatures and addresses of letters sent this column will not be published. If you want your letters forwarded, enclose three-cent stamp. Three cents? Whew. Mm-hmm. What a time. So are you willing to enclose three cents and find your love? I'll give a quarter. <laughs> this is what Albert said. He said, this column is for sincere, lonely hearts. Please do not write flowery language and fictitious names. Lonely mm. hearts are not to be played with. All right now. All right, Mr. Ash. I feel like that is definitely like a Motown lyric. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea to check out the competition to get a sense of what they're saying. So these are the women who are writing and under the column that says husbands wanted. Husbands wanted? Not even like, you know, boyfriend to see once not a month? Not even boo things. Well, this is the thing. He's naming the column husbands wanted. People are saying they're open. All right. Okay. okay. So we're reading in between lines here. Modern individuals. I'm going to read you this letter signed Brown Eyes. Hello. To the Lonesome Hearts editor, I am 19. Light brown, 5 feet 6 inches tall. Black hair with a medium length wavy bob. Play piano, like to keep house, like children, and am considered quite good looking and charming. My father left me a legacy, which I can't receive until I marry. I suppose he thought I would run through it uselessly, alone. But I will share it with the man that I consider for marriage. I could never marry my present boyfriend, for reasons untold. Mm. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I want to know what those reasons untold might be. (laughs) I could never marry my present boyfriend for reasons untold. So I want some tall, handsome, neat, lovable, brown-skinned man between 25 and 30 to write and send me a picture of himself and credentials. He must be a college man with a good disposition, clean, not drink excessively, industrious, and know how and when to invest. He must be a real he-man of athletic build, but not under six feet. Brown eyes. <laughs> First of all, not he-man. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 1937. You know, the depression is still kind of like, you know, maybe waning, but it's still happening. Like, people ain't getting enough nutrition. You know what? Brown eyes, I understand. I, I get where she's where she coming from. I mean, I'm not saying she her her standards are too high. I'm just saying, like, wow, she wants all of the things. All right, Steve Harvey. <laughs> I'm not saying she should lower her standards. I'm just saying. And maybe in D.C., you know what I mean? It might be easier to find a college-educated dude. Near Howard. Mm-hmm. She's like, I let's mean, go. I feel like she's narrowing the playing field. Pre-Civil Rights Act, something like uh, 4% of black people. <laughs> Had college degrees. So, I mean, I'm just saying, maybe education in particular might be a thing that might be a, like a, a high threshold to cross. I got you. Okay, Jean, you have a, just one more column just to give you a sense, a feel for what the ladies are asking of the men. Yes. So, okay. This one is from someone named Smiling Peggy. To the Lonesome Hearts editor, I would love to meet some nice gentlemen, plural, between the ages of 24 and 29, employed... Lover of church and movies, mm-hmm. all good, clean, fun, and color doesn't matter. I am brown skin, considered nice looking by my friends, five foot five, weigh 156 pounds, high school graduate, regularly employed, not interested in any man who has been married. I will answer all letters promptly and give a fuller description of myself. That's your composition. All right, Peggy. All right, yeah, I mean, Peggy. <laughs> she likes movies just like you. Movies, church, Church, a man with sense, and a job. And a job. (laughs) I feel like you and Peggy are looking for something closer 
to the same thing. You, you mean uh, a more um, rational version of a man <laughs> <laughs> than what brown ass was looking for? Listen, brown eyes asked for everything. All right, so you got the lay of the land. You got a feel for it. Now, I should say, when people say color doesn't matter, what mm-hmm. they mean, because we are in 1937, is it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're light-skinned or you're dark-skinned <laughs> or you're brown. Well, no, there's no mention of dark skin. They mean light skin or brown skin. Nobody mm-hmm. mentions dark skin. These colorist people. I know. My people mm-hmm. are left out. What Everybody just says browns? color doesn't matter. And we are, we should, for all those of y'all can't see this, we are all dark brown. All of the three mm-hmm. of us. Chocolatey mm-hmm. people. Out here fighting for our loves. Every day. <laughs> Even back then. <laughs> Even, back, Even then. back then. Especially back then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what we're going to do next is Gene and I have both made selections for you. All right. Gene, you better have done right by me. I'm trying to always try to do right by you, Parker. All yes. right. Nicole, I, Nicole I don't really know you, but I trust you. Gene, <laughs> I know you, and you're going to do me dirty. <laughs> I'm not going to do you dirty, I promise. Again. And I am like a producer on a reality show, so who knows what I will she do. She wants the most. She wants chaos. <laughs> she wants drama. Ah, uh, potster. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Go? I, 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 let's go. Let's take turns. We'll go one and one. So, Gene, I'll go first. I'll share my okay. first one. Okay, Parker. Please meet bachelor number one. To the Lonesome Hearts editor, ex-mailman who went wrong, desires the friendship of a broad-minded and successful woman between the ages of 25 and 55. I am at present employed on the WPA, but expect better very soon. I am 39, light brown, 5 feet 4 inches, weigh 165 pounds, so like medium-sized, with a dignified appearance. I once owned my own home and car. I am affectionate and will try to be a good husband. Was in government service 14 years before real estate investment, as well as others, caused my downfall. Ex-mailman. Ex-mailman. I mean, I was with you, but uh, <laughs> I I feel like that's going to be some evenings um, hearing that a lot. What do you mean? What do you mean? I was being like, they tried to take me down. The ops tried to destroy me. <laughs> I'm going to have to hide my money in a loose brick in the living room. And all of a sudden, it's going to go missing because he got a new investment deal. And... And then I promise we, I'll do right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll make it right. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna he's gonna home. be like, I promise. I promise. I just need the right woman to turn it around between the ages of 25 and 55. <laughs> I love the best. He's like, it don't matter. It don't matter. A broad-minded and successful woman. Now it, you are successful, and yeah. he would love it if you had already achieved some of that success, and mm-hmm. you would just bring it on home to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Pass. <laughs> pass. Pass. <laughs> Hard. I just typed it. Pass. As an agent of chaos, that's fine. All right, Gene, you're up. Okay. <clears throat> to the Lonesome Hearts editor, I'm a widower. My wife has been dead nearly four years. I own my home, a farm, and six-room house. I'm getting old. Wait, is he old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old, but I'm not too old to take care of an honest and kind woman who is strictly a one-man woman uh, as I'm a one-woman man. I'm an April-born man, and if you don't mind, please give me your birth month. No harm in giving out our birth dates, as the only thing under the sun that makes a good man a good woman is a good principal. Signed, Eastman. Um, 
just before we you say, I'm just curious of Parker, do you understand do you do you have any idea why I thought that person might be a good match for you? Because you know I'm an astrology girl. Yes. Oh my there god, you, go. you get me. <laughs> See, I was trying to I told you I was trying oh to be right god. by you. I feel oh, like and he's an Aries. Oh my god, that's See? my See? that's my moon sign. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel like y'all be on the same page. Oh my god! So he's he's got a job. He's got a farm. He's got a six bedroom house. He's Listen. getting older, so he might get gone soon. So I can get that house and but that also farm. Also, to Nicole's point, like older in that time, if you live in a fifty eight, older could be like thirty. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I'm halfway through this, this journey. I know right through life. it. And he did not mention kids. Oh, that's right. He oh, that's did. right. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can make this work. Mm. Oh, mm. a nice, kind, Aries, older man with uh, a big house. Like his life together. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's he's up there right now. Okay. We're working through it. Like, I so, mean, RIP to wife number one, but I might be <laughs> wife number two. <laughs> I mean, she might have been like a Libra or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably why. I mean, <laughs> the, the we don't know what happens to her. Exactly. <laughs> That's one vote for Eastman. Okay. Eastman, okay. we can make it work. All right, next up. To the Lonesome Hearts editor. I am an artist, 43, dark brown skin, 5 feet 8 inches, Ooh. weigh 185 pounds, neat with black curly hair, and have been in show business over 15 years, own my home in the West, and I expect to go back as soon as my contracts here expire. My wife is dead. And I have a young son. I would like to meet a refined... Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem? (laughs) Now, just know that people say what they want, but everybody, you know, we have to be flexible with our ass. All right. Mm -hmm. I would like to meet a refined widow, 40 to 45. (laughs) I can't. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm not in my 40s, and I'm not a widow. Yeah, but this is what he's saying. He, he, you know, we can't just... Okay. rule people out like he's saying okay. best case scenario a widow but he might be open let's see let's see if you'd still be willing to write to him one who can appreciate a nice home with pleasing surroundings what? I am willing to marry if I can find the right type but she must be that type girl or you will be wasting your paper mm. color and looks mean nothing character is what counts with me artist Dontar alright mm. Okay, so quick question: Why, why do you think he's specifically asking for a widow? Maybe she got money. You know, I feel like, like that could be part of it. The stigma attached to a woman who is forty or forty-five and has never been married mm-hmm. might be what, uh, because he's asked for a refined widow. Yes. So that also seems to be code of like, yeah. I would like you to have a little bit of money, a little bit of mm-hmm. class. Um, it's very specific, and I feel like I could wait out for my neck and cold. <laughs> like I don't need, I can wait this out. I don't know about him. Okay. All right then, Gene. All right, we've got one more for you though before you before you make up your mind, Parker, about who your forever food is gonna be. Okay. Um, <clears throat> to the Lonesome Hearts editor, I'm 36 years old, brown skin, weigh 138.5 pounds. That's very specific. <laughs> Barber by trade, a steady worker, and a churchman. Do not drink or gamble. I would like to get in touch with some refined girl who is looking for a one woman man for a husband. Color doesn't matter. What I want is happiness at home. I would indeed appreciate a wife, one whose ways and ideas are similar to mine. 
I'm quiet, old-fashioned myself. I desire one who enjoys the same things I do as movies, radio, reading, and church. Her height, 5'3 to 6 feet, weight, 120. Age does not matter. We'll exchange photos. Signed, Homer. I do like the name Homer. <laughs> it's such an <laughs> old Tommy. Wow. All right, we got a 36-year-old barber. He likes church. He likes um, movies, radio. Um, mm. And a barber back then, like, would have been, like, a, a sort of, of social hub, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, he would have been there you go. Really connected, you know. Um, okay, so Homer said that he was old-fashioned. Mm. What do we think that means? He um, seems very traditional. I don't know if he would uh, love the independence that I, I seek. Yeah, right, exactly. because old-fashioned in 1937 <laughs> is like 1901. So that's yeah. Victorian vibes. You know, like, I saw Parker talking to some man on the corner. <laughs> and what were you doing talking to him? Like, I was buying groceries. I can't believe they're letting these women read these things. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that would be, you're right, that would be the vibe. Or, like, oh. she went out and she didn't have gloves on her hands. People could see her dirty hands. Like, she's oh tempting men, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to tear my books in half. <laughs> no wife of mine is going to be reading this filth. <laughs> I'm like, tearing but, a book like but it's James Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> Langston Hughes, what What do we know about <laughs> these Negroes? What? Oh my God. what kind of weird ideas is he trying to put in your head? <laughs> I'm just thinking about, okay, at Eastman's house, I could turn one of those bedrooms into like an office and a library. Mm. You could knock down a wall. You got oh six bedrooms. Oh, you, you could, could absolutely knock down a wall. Down a wall. Mm-hmm. The options are endless. And Do a I- farm style house. That's so popular mm-hmm. right now. Oh my absolutely. God. HGTV would be on me if they knew. Mm-hmm. What do you know about farm life? Oh, yeah. And I spent my summers as a kid on a farm. Oh my God! You know, I've seen I've seen livestock get get chopped. You know what I mean? Like I know I know the some of the ins and outs. I'm st- I would I would have to learn, but oh oh my God! We have made a Hallmark movie for me <gasps> in my We've in my relationship it. with Eastman. Oh my God! Oh okay, my God. so it sounds like you've made your final decision. I feel like I I mean Eastman I I could take him or leave him. He seems well adjusted. For the time, mm-hmm. he could uh, be a partner. He's an Aries. He's an Aries. Very important. So uh, he's an independent thinker. <laughs> and and uh, as an Aquarius, you already know. As an Aquarius, you know, you know I already am. I know you know you know the vibes. Um, uh, and I, as an, uh, a convivial isolationist, someone who loves people but also mm-hmm. prefers to be by herself. Being on a farm with my man. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. And I'm not that far from D.C. if he's sending um, letters to the paper. Mm-hmm. I, I can see the vision. Gene, I, this is the, the most kudos I will ever give you. You did, you did good. <laughs> you did good. This the most? I mean, I found you a forever boo. Like, you I'm, found me a forever boo. You found me a farmer who's into astrology. <laughs> that is like top tier idea. I want that now. <laughs> all, that, all that means to me is that you're a thirty uh, something woman who lives in Brooklyn. That's all, you're not wrong. <laughs> that's, that's all that tells me. Don't kill the moment, Gene. Don't kill the moment. <laughs> 
What I love about these columns is that you're able to get little glimpses of Black life and the romance, the challenges, the intrigue, all the different ways that people could be Black back then and just live their life, one, but then also search for somebody to share their life with. From the brown eyes of the world who are being really specific and tell you a little bit of their story to people who are just kind of writing and and being very vague, but it seems like it might be coded. Mm -hmm. And so they'll say, people of any gender, write to me. The columns aren't always romantic. Sometimes there'll be people writing and saying, I am so lonely. Will somebody please just be my pen pal? Mm -hmm. And... I feel so connected to the past because I can see our stories today and all of these small little paragraphs that people are writing in. But also, you know, to be honest, I feel like pretty robbed where it's just like our history can look like so many things. And we've done extraordinary things in our fight and our organizing for civil rights. We've had to in order to survive. It's been really important to focus on that history. But we're also people. There's so much to be said about the beauty of everyday life. And in particular, what fascinates me about this time, about the the people who came right after slavery, who were born free, this first and second and third generations, they're imagining what being Black could be. And they're trying on a lot of different identities. Yeah. They're trying real estate investments. Maybe they're failing. <laughs> they're becoming... <laughs> Farmers and businessmen and trying out traveling. There's a lot of people, the papers, especially in Chicago, would tell stories. They'd send their correspondence around the world. And they would just write back stories of this is what life looks like in London. Did you know there are black people in Italy? And people are wondering, could a black person travel? Could a black person be a writer? Some of these papers publish short fiction. I love to read these papers and see them imagine what black life could be. I I never imagined that they were dreaming so big. I think my picture is just that they're suffering, but they're imagining so much for us, and we're living that now, and, and that's what I really love about visiting the past in this way. Are you saying that... I'm going to hate myself for saying this. Do it. <laughs> I know, I know. Go ahead. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Gene. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Hill is a storyteller who hosts the podcast, The Secret Adventures of Black People. Thank you for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that I didn't find you a better boo. It's uh, all right. (laughs) It's all right. This was an absolute delight. I've learned a lot. And I've learned not to underestimate Jean. (laughs) (laughs) Or the stars. And that's our show. You can follow us on Instagram at NPR Code Switch. If email is more your thing, ours is codeswitch at npr.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that at npr.org slash codeswitch newsletter. And subscribe to the podcast on the NPR app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we just want to give a quick shout out to our Code Switch Plus listeners. We 
appreciate y'all. Thank you for being subscribers. When you subscribe to Code Switch Plus, it means you get to listen to all of our episodes without sponsor breaks. And it also helps support our show. So if you rock with us, if you like our work, please consider signing up at plus.npr.org slash coach. This episode was produced by Jess Kung. It was edited by Leah Danella. Our engineer was Maggie Luthar. And a big shout out to the rest of the Code Switch Massive. Christina Kala, Xavier Lopez, Dahlia Murtada, Virlin Williams, and Loyalee Zanaga. I'm B.A. Parker. I'm Gene Dempy. Be my Valentine. <laughs> Be easy. Share a glass and hydrate. God. Ooh, some of these people ain't black. Okay. I know. I threw some in. Oh, oh, okay. So this is Jean, like don't BL- give too much away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but, so it is like the BLK app after all. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on the app for real? Yeah, it's all of a sudden a random ass white man is in the mix, and I'm like, oh, where wow. did Mike yeah, come that's from? A choice, yeah, exactly. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLLearning.com. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.